Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 465 now of the Ron and Don Show, and oh yeah, once again, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, up, up and away in my beautiful balloon. Remember that song? Yeah, it used to just drive me crazy, because it seemed like uh, when I was growing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico... Every other time I'd turn on 77 KOB. It was the voice of the great uh, Southwest. <laughs> anyway, they were always playing Up, Up, and Away. Because it is the home of the International Balloon Festival. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, is the future of space flight for you and me going to be Up, Up, and Away? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Also, down in Los Angeles... Tents, RVs, just like we have here in Seattle, and the homeless crisis and the opioid crisis rages. You know what they've decided to do? Instead of closing the campground, they've decided to keep it open and start handing young people, and I don't know why older people, young people, $1,000 a month. You're going to be surprised at Ron's reaction. Is this a handout or is a hand up? Before we get to that, let's get to this. A lot of people in Seattle celebrating the fact that Russell Wilson, a lot of people are saying he is cooked. They're saying, I read an article this morning that his career is over. Denver Broncos struggle out of the gate. They've only won a couple games. They have a losing record, and it looks like this season is over for them. What's really interesting, you remember 2013, 2014, Seahawks end up winning a Super Bowl. They go to another Super Bowl, and what happened in Arizona? Ron and I were there. Russell Wilson doesn't get the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He throws an interception, and the Patriots go the other way. And as a result of that, the Seahawks, who everybody feels like should have won two Super Bowls, they only win one. A lot of people have felt like Marshawn Lynch has been very bitter about this over the years. Well, Richard Sherman now has a podcast. I encourage you guys to listen to it. He has K.J. Wright on there. He has Doug Baldwin on there. I wonder at some point if uh, Pete Carroll, that'll be very interesting. It seems like Pete and, and, and Richard, now that he's on the Thursday Night Broadcast, have made up a little bit. Anyway. It was really interesting because I listened the other day to Richard Sherman speaking with Marshawn Lynch. And let's not forget, Marshawn Lynch has just gone through a DUI accident, uh, a DUI issue down in Las Vegas. I don't know if you watched the tape on that. Pretty interesting. And also Richard Sherman with some domestic violence issues of his own. But here they are on a podcast talking about Russell Wilson. Ron, what was said and what are your thoughts about what was that? Well, Richard Sherman has an axe to grind uh, against Russell Wilson for whatever reasons. I'm sure it's complicated and there's a lot of different moving parts to it. But he is stirring the pot as much as possible. And he's done it on this podcast. He's also done it on national TV. He's done it on all the social media platforms. He is is Captain Schadenfreude with watching Russell Wilson, in a sense, really, really struggle. And so now, after the fact, you're hearing all of these things 
about Russell Wilson and why guys didn't really care for him. And one of the things that has jumped out, which, which I find interesting, is that evidently, allegedly, Russell Wilson would ask for special treatment. And so the big example that's come out, and I heard uh, Danny O'Neill, our former coworker, who's now in New York, uh, he, he was a beat reporter for the Seahawks for a long time. He said the incident went a little something like this. Russell Wilson went to management and he said, when he became the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, and he said, I would like uh, a luxury box. And so the management said, sweet, how many tickets would you like to buy? We can, we can arrange for a luxury box uh, to get you tickets to the luxury box. How many do you want to buy? And he said, no, I want you guys to give me the luxury box. I'm the starting quarterback. And they said, well, everybody gets two free tickets to the home games. And, he, and they, they said, even Aaron Rodgers just gets two tickets. He does not. And this was back in the day when Aaron Rodgers was not the Aaron Rodgers of today. As a premier quarterback in the league. Uh, they said Aaron Rodgers gets two uh, tickets. He doesn't get a free suite. So <laughs> you get two tickets. And if you'd like to buy a suite, we can talk about the friends and family deal, but we're not giving you a suite. And so there, and then there's another story that Russell Wilson currently, and again, this has not been corroborated. This is the story that when teammates on the Broncos want to interact with Russell Wilson, they need to make a request with his management. And so things like that. So in that family yeah. where uh, the other players are like, really, dude, um, you just signed this huge contract. And if I'm your wide, re if, I, if I'm Judge Judy, I don't know what Judy's first name is. He's a great receiver for the Broncos. Judge Judy's saying, I got to go to your management. Like, what are, what are you talking about? We're in, in the, the parlance that Marshawn Lynch used. It was like, that's a guy I went to war with. Uh, and if I went to war with you, he's like, I'm not going to your manager. You call me. I'll call you. And Marshawn, surprisingly to me, was like, I hope Russell Wilson's mind is straight. I hope that he does well. Like, I don't wish him ill will is like, that's a guy that I did win a Super Bowl with. And that's a guy that, um, he goes, I don't know if he said I root for him, but he's like, I'm not bitter towards him. He, here's the biggest thing that I've heard that made the most sense. And again, it came from Danny O'Neill. So I want to give him credit for this. He basically said, Pete Carroll in his wisdom and, you know, going on 70 years old, he knew the type of offense that Russell Wilson would thrive in, even if Russell Wilson was rebelling against it. And it's sort of like you're getting your son to eat his vegetables. He's like, because you know it's good for him. So being in a run-first offense with a bruising running back and then allowing Russell Wilson to not have free reign to cook whatever he wants, you're going to cook our recipe, and this is the recipe. Oh, that's good. And he's like, like he said, look at the players that – once they left the Pete Carroll system, almost any player, do they do better? Uh -huh. And he's like, I can't think of a player. So you go down the line of Richard Sherman, uh, you know, um, Doug, like who was the uh, Golden Tate? Um, you know, guys that Frank Gore, I think. Like guys, you go through the roster of players, uh, Bruce Irvin, like all these guys that were in the Pete Carroll system, once they left and were like, I'm going to sign a big deal and I'm going to the Raiders or I'm going to the Niners or whatever you did. Their, their performance didn't go up. 
almost always it went down. Frank Frank Gore was great in San Francisco, though. So I, he I, was. Did you mean? But then he, he uh, or whoever you, you know what I'm talking Frank, about. You, but you but you're right. Bruce Irvin is a great example of he left. He went to the Raiders. He struggled, and now guess where he is? He's back on the practice squad for the Seahawks. Yeah. Right. So the so the the upshot of that is. Russ, Russell Wilson was the one that manufactured this let Russ cook narrative. He was the one that was driving the action in that. And the entire time, his blind spot is the Pete Carroll system works for me. The restraints that I have in this system actually make me better unbeknownst to me. I can't see that because of my ego. And, and, and listen, every athlete at that level has a huge ego, including Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch. But like... He couldn't see that that system was protecting him from himself. So now that he's in Denver and you have a new head coach and you have a new owner and you're one of the highest paid players ever in the NFL and they said, fine, go cook. It's been horrible because the narrative in Denver for people that weren't following it was all they needed was a quarterback. They had an elite defense. They had an elite offensive line. They had elite special like um, position players, like wide receivers. Which they do. Which they do. Yeah. And all, the missing piece was an elite quarterback. Like, like the missing piece of Peyton Manning in 2015. Right. And John Elway gets on a plane and they sit on the tarmac and they do a deal. And the next thing you know, they're winning a Super Bowl. I think. But I think Peyton they- Manning understood. His blind spot. Because his knew, neck had been broken. Yeah. Right. He knew that he couldn't throw 60 yards anymore. He knew he needed a running game to support. And a great defense. And a, and a great defense in the play action. He knew he, he needed Vaughn Miller. And so Russell Wilson, in his narrative that he tells himself, is if you just let me cook and freestyle, then I'm going to the Super Bowl every year. And that's not true. So credit to Danny O'Neill put that together for me. And I give him credit, but I, I think that's I think that's the truth. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And now that he's heading towards thirty four, the reason why Tom Brady has been in the league so long, or Drew Brees, or even a Dan Marino, uh, I've had guys tell me, and I've seen this with Brock Heward, who I did a football camp with not too long ago. Even though he hasn't been in the NFL for a long time, and he was a he's a huge star at the University of Washington, he can still. And I watched him; he can still throw the ball with accuracy well into his forties. And they say he may be able to throw the ball like that well into his 60s. Well, your, we saw Jim Plunkett flat-footed throw the ball 50 yards. Yeah, yeah. And he was how and he was like 50 years old. Yeah. So so and th- this would have been years ago. So so your the the legs go first. And with an older quarterback, if you watch Tom Brady, even if you watch watch Roethlisberger, who could barely walk, three step, five step, seven step drop, the ball's out. Three step, five right. step, seven step drop, the ball's out. Do you Even, think Richard Sherman has a point where he says you can't have one set of rules for 52 guys? Well, the different, different so, rules for So the let me explain. Russell Wilson will go three step, five step, seven step, and then he starts to scramble. And he can't scramble the way that he used to scramble. You you can you can see that his ability to scramble has dissipated. And then also, I'm just wondering if the offensive linemen are like, this guy is such a dick. We're just, <laughs> we're just, and, and, and now they're calling for, for, uh, Rippin's son, uh, Mark Rippin's son, who used to play for Washington, the Washington, I don't know what to call them anymore, the commanders, uh, to step into the fray and be the next quarterback of Denver, which is really incredible to me. You said something to me a moment ago before he cracked the mics. You, there was something noticed about his press conference at the end of his press conference. What was oh, yeah, that? For the first time, and, and again, this was pointed out to me, I was watching a video on this. Uh, Russell Wilson always, 
he made it his thing where he would just say go hawks he said that at every single time he stepped to a mic and then when he moved to broncos there's been a couple iterations one was like uh go broncos and then it became bronco country or whatever he says a little catchphrase let's ride let's ride yeah bronco country let's ride ride. or whatever it is let's ride so for the first time after this last country let's ride after the last loss (laughs) i like saying it he he didn't have his little manufactured sort of optimistic take on the loss and he ended the press conference and did not say Bronco Country, let's yeah. ride. He just let it sit there because uh, evidently the people in the in the, the the huddle with him are like, dude, you, that doesn't work. Yeah. It's us. interesting. Marshawn Lynch is the reason he won't reach out to Ru- Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson can reach out to him is because he doesn't have his phone number. Because Russell Wilson doesn't give out his phone number, so so they don't talk. And it's like I'm not going through your people. He said, but I am rooting for him. I don't want him. Uh, I, I don't want him to play badly. And he said, I know one day he'll come back to the city of Seattle when it's all done in Denver, wherever he's at, and people will love him and care about him and the Super Bowl run and all that stuff, and and, and, and so will I. He, he said this, though, which I thought was really good. Mar- Marshawn? Yeah, Marshawn. I think we can all learn from this. He, he, he said, you know, whenever I would see Russell at the facility over on the east side, he goes, and I would be there at some pretty weird hours. And he said, what's crazy is Russell did give so much to this team. He was there all the time. He was, he showed up. There's no doubt. He put in more time than most. And, and he said, but the weird thing was he would sit there and scratch his head because he was always, he, he was always too optimistic. And he was sitting there just going, I wonder if this guy has ever had a bad day. And I'll give you an example. I, I Ron came here earlier today, and I just said, hey, before we crack the mics, something's going on. It's not a big deal, but it was something that was bothering me. And, I'm just, and I've learned through therapy to go to a friend and talk about it. So you, so you just drag it out in the light and deal with it. And, 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 and Marshawn Lynch was like, we, we, he never had a bad day. Meaning, I think what Marshawn is saying is that, that Russell Wilson has a really hard time just being an authentic person because authentic people have bad days right and when you go to war with someone you you reveal that right it's it's why soldiers marine airmen sailors sometimes are so bonded because when you're down in that trench or if you ever watch mass for years you look at those stories it was about this group of people that were together and in being together as they struggled they would reveal their hearts to one another and they and they would struggle together and russell wilson has never revealed that and maybe maybe uh, in Russell Wilson's life, this will bring him to a point where maybe there is a second act. And part of that is being an authentic dude like the rest of us that has a bad day and is willing to be vulnerable and talk about it. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, it's Don here for Les Schwab. And guess what? You see the fall colors? Back on my through a walk through my neighborhood, kind of a walk run the other day, and I saw all the leaves are falling. And sometimes it it it's hard to figure this out because summer has stayed late here in Seattle. But yeah, Ron just bought his scheme pass, so you've probably done that too. And if you're heading off to the pass, you got to make sure you got the right tires on your rig. And at Les Schwab, they're having their fall tire sale right now, one of the biggest sales of the year. You can save up to $200 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. 
It's just in time for the winter driving season. Hey, if you want to schedule your appointment now, all you have to do is go to leschwab.com. That's leschwab.com. Don't forget, fall and winter will be here before you know it. Les Schwab. They've been doing what? The right thing since 1952. To say Andrea Mickelson's life is crazy is an understatement. And when it was time to sell her Sammamish home, she admits she was just overwhelmed. There was no way that I could even begin to try to figure out what needed to be done. Andrea had heard all about how Ron and Don do far more for their clients than other realtors, so she gave the guys a call. They immediately jumped in, advising her what she should consider doing, where to spend her money, and where not to bother to get the highest asking price possible. It was absolute relief. I felt that they could take on all the stuff that I needed to have done. The guys took over, leading a small army of experts who dramatically transformed her home inside and out. But Andrea admits, even though the market's smoking hot, she worried a bit about how she'd do. Now, she didn't have to wait long after it went live. So the first offer was 200000 over the, the asking price. And the offers kept coming. Andrea was blown away when they finally settled on a selling price. They got $450,000 over the asking price. It was amazing. Suffice it to say, Andrea is thrilled, and she hasn't stopped recommending Ron and Don to her friends and family since. I'm Andrea Mickelson, and thanks to Ron and Don, I got way more for my door. Sign up for the nation news at rondonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 465. Before we get rolling with our second topic here, uh, I just want everyone to know if you're an investor, now is the time. Now may be the time to invest. In fact, I have a friend. uh, He's out looking at a 26-unit apartment building right now. Why is he looking at that? Ron, why would you be looking at a 26-unit apartment building right now when we're headed toward a recession and interest rates are high? This sounds crazy to me that you'd want to go out and buy a building. But you know the person I'm talking about. He's a very savvy investor. He controls hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in real estate. And he knows what he's doing. And I typically, as a friend of ours, I try to follow his lead. So you and I have been out in the marketplace looking at real estate. Interest rates are going up. Why would you be out shopping for uh, uh, for an apartment building or a home right now? It doesn't because make sense, does it? He understands how money works, and uh, I'm I'm not even close to understanding as much as he does. But what I mean by that is, money itself has a cost, and the building he's trying to buy has a cost. But there's also a value to each thing. So is the value that he's capturing by buying the building in current market conditions, is the value worth more than the value of the loan that he needs to take out? And so when he does the math, it does. Because he knows, A, that that the loan he has to take out doesn't last forever, meaning he can refinance that loan. B, that the underlying piece of property is not static. It will change in value and appreciate in value, and he can force appreciation on that property. So in a year from now, so I'll give you a great example for a home purchase. Most people aren't buying a building that big. Let's say that you were a first-time buyer and like, I don't have 20% down. I want to move to Queen Anne. 
Uh, I can afford to buy a million dollar house on the monthly payment. I just don't have, I don't have 300 grand or 200 grand sitting around in cash to buy that. And so I'm going to have to pay PMI insurance and I don't want to do that. Well, let's think about this. Let's say you bought a house and you did 5% down, got into the, and a high interest rate, 7% interest, 5% down, your payment is higher than you expected, but you can still swing it. Now that's 2022. So now you go, hey, going into this, I knew I wanted to, I'm going to redo the bathroom uh, in, in the primary suite. And I'm putting in new kitchen countertops and new appliances over the next two years. So I'm, I'm forcing, I'm, I'm making improvements on my house. And now you go forward to 2024. And so now your, your debt to loan ratio could be 20% now. So even though you only put 5% down, you've improved the house. The house has gone up in value as the economy improves. And so now you go back to the bank and you're like, hey, my loan to value is now at 78%. Take off that PMI insurance or I'm just going to refinance if the interest rates have gone down and I'm going to save four, five, six hundred $600 a month by doing that. So that's just one strategy that you can do. Uh, and your friend that, that you just spoke about, he knows nine other strategies that, that I don't even know about and you don't even know about, or maybe you know about them, uh, to move, move money around, understand how the economy works, understand what the strategy is, and know that uh, it's a lot like when you talk about working out. The temporary pain gives you long-term gain. Yeah. And when interest rates are low and people say, well, you know, um, I'm going to wait for the interest rates to be low again, and then I'm going to go out and buy. That's when I'm going to jump into the market. Yeah, that's not a great strategy. We have a client right now that we did, we bought a home for him on the east side, and now we're selling his home in Seattle, and you had a great point when we were setting the price on that listing. Yeah. It's like, well, we were hoping to sell it higher because a year ago this would have been a higher price point, and you said it would have been, but you also would have been in a bidding war for the house that we got you on the east side. He wouldn't have bought, he, he, it would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars more. We would have been uh, beat out by another cash buyer, and, and the, the price would have escalated. We couldn't have come close. So, so, yes, the money that you're not receiving for the house you're selling now yeah. is a significant amount of money, but it's less than what you would have had to escalate to get the house that you yeah. fell in love with. People that sit on the sidelines now, especially when it comes to the stock market and it comes to real estate, there is a, there is, there is a game of chance in real estate, but this is when you play that game. You don't play the game when when prices are just jacked. When prices are jacked, I was out of the market and just improving the properties that I have. I still have another property to improve, and it's a property that I bought in the last downturn, and I've just had it as a short-term rental. And now we'll go back to it, and, and we'll be working on this, this property, and force and appreciation is on set. So don't forget, even though the interest rates are higher, some of these homes, depending on the price point, you can buy for hundreds of thousands of dollars less, especially in Seattle and on the east side. And the I also have cool to say, if you're, if you're a seller, uh, these numbers haven't tanked at all, and they're not going to. We see a correction here, but even that correction has slowed down quite a bit, and we're seeing numbers uh, uh, stabilize across the board. Yeah, and, so, and like we always say, life happens, and you might need to sell, but the other anecdote I was going to bring up is we just were in contract right now for another buyer in a townhome. We got it less than list price, and the seller 
is giving us money to buy down the interest rate. So even though the published interest rate looks high, that's not the interest rate he's paying. Right. Because behind the scenes, the seller is like, hey, instead of doing this big price drop, why don't I just pay down uh, your interest rate? Uh, and so that's what we did. And so it's saving him tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of dollars over the life of that loan right. uh, because his interest rate is lower. So there's a lot of strategies, what I'm trying to say. And uh, this could be your time. And, and let's do a Ron and Don sit down. Yeah. All right. Ron and Don sit down.com, right? Ron directly, Ron at Ron and Don. Com. I am a managing broker. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, down in Los Angeles, giving a thousand dollars out uh, to young people who are struggling. Uh, what say you? Is this a hand up, a hand out? Does this work? I would be. I'm going to be interested to see if it does work. And a thousand dollars a month, I should say. Right, and it's an interesting program uh, that they are trying a, a basic, like a, a living wage stipend. Uh, the the pilot program for the first one only has 300 people in it, and then there's another program that they are doing a pilot program in to see what the results are going to be. But the the thing that I was thinking about with this is the couple of times that you and I have been around a first responder situation when it comes to someone uh, dealing with drugs or with mental health, severe mental health issues. And I just looked at the response. I remember one time Don and I were doing a promotional photo shoot and uh, a guy on drugs having a severe mental break uh, needed first responders. The amount of response that happened right there was way more than $1,000. You had multiple police officers, multiple EMTs, fire, like the, there was probably, how many people do you think were there? 10 at least that, that had to respond to that incident because he jumped into the lake? I counted 27 and that's because you had multiple fire trucks, you had AMR, you had the actual ambulance, you had police show up. Dispatch. Uh, and then, and then you, and then you take them to Harborview. They, someone has to be assigned to them. Then you take them to the jail because uh, they had to go to the jail. And then he was back out the next day doing the same damn thing. He was naked, swimming around. So th that one incident um, was probably thousands and thousands of dollars. So I think it depends on on the lens that you view these things. If you go, oh, there's a government handout and those people need to take responsibility. And if you look at it through that old school mentality, then yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But if you look at it through, what does it cost society to ignore these people, I think it's way more than $1,000 a month. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's controversial. They've tried it in some other uh, cities. That's why LA is trying it. And, and it seems like early on that it's working, you guys. If you make sure you give the $1,000 to somebody that is really trying to stand up, reframe their life, get educated, especially if a woman's been involved in domestic violence, she gets thrown in with all the homeless quote unquote, the homeless. And, and we have to understand some of the homeless, not a lot of them, but some of the homeless are absolute criminals. And some of the homeless are domestic violence survivors with kids. And, and they're just trying to find a path forward. Right. And, and so I think this money becomes important to them and a thousand dollars is a lot of money. So we got to do something. I'm willing to try anything. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don Show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer, and there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, 
let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy down, right? Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, How do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. Hey, you guys. Also, uh, welcome back to the the Ron and Don Show. If you need us again, ronanddonsitdown.com. Before we get out of here today... I love the month of October. I think we all do. In fact, I've been looking at a lot of my friends' uh, hiking pictures, and I, I just did the enchantments. The larches there hadn't turned yet, but I went up t- uh, toward Rainier, did a hike up there, and the larches are starting to turn. What's interesting, if we head back to New Mexico, where Ron and I grew up, in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Taos, those areas, Socorro, all that. Tucumcari. Tucumcari. Yeah, they have aspen trees. You heard John Denver sing about the aspen trees. And, and, and in New Mexico, during the fall, it's very special because you're waiting for the aspens to turn in the same way that we're waiting for the larches to turn here in Washington State. Also, all the great green chili that you eat or you see outside Trader Joe's now, they're roasting chilies. That comes from a, a New Mexico tradition in Hatch, New Mexico. In fact, that's where a lot of these chilies come from. And when you drive around any of those cities in the month of October and they've harvested those chilies and they're roasting those chilies, you can smell that. And, and, and as they're roasting those chilies, you can also smell the pinyon wood that people have harvested that they're burning in their fireplaces or they're actually burning in some senses to help roast those chilies. Along with that, they have something called the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta, right? Yeah, it's the largest balloon festival in the world. If you ever get a chance, it's spectacular. Hundreds and hundreds of hot air balloons going up simultaneously. They do a bunch of different events. Last time I went was the worst rainstorm oh. in uh, in balloon festival history. Well, nonetheless, we won't focus on that. We will focus on this. You can get signed up. This is what we used to do growing up. You can sign up to be on a crew because these balloons come internationally and a lot of times they don't have their own crew so they'll go out rent a van or a truck and when that balloon goes up, you never know where it's going to come down and the crew has to be there to hold the balloon down. The cool thing is every year when my family would do it, and we would ro- roll on these crews, and you got to get up early in the morning. They have these mass ascensions of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of balloons, especially when they do it in the dark. Uh, and then the balloons start flying. They have races, everything else. You can win a car if you can grab some keys off a pole. It's really cool, you guys. Well, when the balloon comes down, the crew has to be there. And what these balloon uh, owners will do is they will give you a ride in one of their balloons. And I have to say, it is one of the most harrowing, peaceful amazing things that you'll ever experience. Have you ever been up? Oh, in a yeah, I crewed on the, the Ziggy Stardust. Movie. Yeah. So, so anyway, I was just reading an article yesterday that said, Hey, when it comes to space, uh, we may not go up in a rocket that looks like a penis, like Jeff Bezos <laughs> and, and, and Captain Kirk did. Uh, but we may go up, up and away in a beautiful balloon, right? Yeah, there's a company right now trying to do this, and they have a pod on the uh, t- attached to a b- balloon, and the pod is sealed. And there's big, comfortable seats in there. There's a bartender uh, in this pod, and you go up to 
quote unquote space. It's not, it's, tw- I think they go up 20 miles is what they said. So you can see the curvature of the earth, but you're not officially in space according to the people that, you know, draw the line of when space starts. Um, and they're saying, Hey, the, our carbon footprint's smaller. It's not going to be, uh, the cost that you have with these other things like to visit the space station is $55 million. Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos company, it's, it's millions of dollars to go up. And so this company's like, yeah, it's a little tone deaf in today's world to have that just conspicuous consumption of people spending millions of dollars for this momentary uh, trip to space. And so how about if, if we do this in a different way, that's a little less, uh, burning resources and a little less monetarily. Yeah. Anyway. That would be cool, you guys. Future space flight up in a balloon. And again, I have to tell you, it's a little terrifying. And at the same time, it's a maze ball. So if you ever have a chance. Oh, I'm going to sign up to be the bartender because I make pretty good coffee. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to wait to go to space. And make sure you see my friend Pat, uh, the one I fried cooked down there because he's up uh, making funnel cakes for everyone. And the food in the morning is pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah it's a great, great event. Uh, my favorite and- thing at the festival every year, and I'm not joking, is they have a booth with the Navajo Code Talkers, yeah. and there's only a couple of them still uh, alive. Yeah. They helped win the war for the United States against Germany. Yeah. These guys are in their 90s. If you don't know about them, look them up on the History Channel. And just to go up, shake their hand, uh, thank them for their service. They played a remarkable role uh, against the Germans. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 465 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you want our newsletter, uh, we send it out a couple times a month. And we don't sell that list. We just reach out to you and we tell you something that's going on in our personal lives, our broadcast lives, our real estate lives, our real estate journey. Uh, Check it out. Also, right now, we have a brand new hot listing. Congratulations to our sellers on Woodby Island. That is sold and we are closed. Congratulations to our sellers on Green Lake. That is sold and we are closed. Congratulations to our sellers in Mill Creek. We are sold, but we are not closed, but we're going to get closed. Congratulations, uh, Ron, to our new sellers. In fact, they just bought something over on the east side. We've been working on their home in North Seattle up by Swanson's Nursery for about four months. This thing is on. It is priced right. And if you are looking to buy a home that has four bedrooms, and it's still kind of a starter home, but on a magnificent lot. It's over 9,000 square feet, you guys. Brand new appliances, brand new carpet, brand new paint. This thing looks brand new. And you know what you could do? You could crane in a cottage in the backyard. And then you could get that investment property that you always wanted. You could get that rolling. So anyway, you're pretty excited about this uh, the listing as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can find it on uh, ronupshaw.com. We have it links right to our, our, our live listings. Yeah, don't forget us on social media. I'm Don O'Neill on Facebook. Give me a like because I don't think we can be friends because uh, my friends, they, they stop at 5,000. So so give me a like. We can follow each other. I'm Don O'Neill 34 on Instagram. How about you? Uh, Instagram, I'm Ron Upshaw and Facebook, I'm Ron Upshaw. Yeah, again, if you need to sit down with us, we love it, especially if you're thinking about buying and selling or talking about strategies into the next year, call us. And also, we do a lot of heavy work on homes. Uh, so we're going to begin some work on a home in Ballard right now, another home over on the east side. This is a good time, even if you're not selling right away, to get some of that work done. So when the market is red hot and you're ready to go, and we'll see what red hot means in the new year, 
then uh, I still think we're going to have a great spring in real estate, you guys. I do. Uh, this would be the time to reach out to us and let's put together a game plan. Sometimes we sit down with people and we end up selling their home a year and 18 months from now. So just reach out to us, Ron and Don, sitdown.com. We'll do a virtual sit down today. All right. Sound good, Charlie? Yeah. Doesn't he look good? He got groomed yesterday. Very handsome. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You listen to the Ron and Don Show, episode 466. We'll be here before you know it. It's the Ron and Don Show. Oh, hey, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network.